Jewish audio on Chabad.org. Rambam, Hilchas Meiser Sheni Benetter Avoy, the laws of the second tithe and the fourth year produce which is brought to Jerusalem. Pedic Achadoser, chapter 11, the closing chapter. Today we will be concluding this set of laws, Baruch Hashem. Pedic Achadoser, chapter 11, one, mitzvah asay, it is one of the positive commandments. To make a declaration, technically, literally, the word means to confess. But you're not confessing anything wrong here. You're confessing everything right. So therefore, it is called a declaration. Before God. After the Jew makes sure that he removed any obligatory gifts from the agricultural obligations. He has to make a declaration and say, God, I did it. The formal term for this declaration is vidui, the declaration or the confession of miser of tithing. When is this declaration made? Is it made every day? Every month, every year, every seven years? The answer is no to all of the above. When is it made? It's made twice in seven years. We know that the agricultural gifts go by a seven-year cycle. The third year and the sixth year are unique because unlike years one and two, Unlike years four and five, the third and sixth year have the tithe for the poor man replacing the second tithe. Maiser Oni is in year three and year six. Maiser Sheni is in year one and two and four and five. Following the Maiser Oni, following the poor man tithe years, which means following years three and six, once the season is clearly behind us, that's when the declaration is made. So again, in clear terms, when is this declaration made? Following the end of the third year, following the end of the sixth year. Practically speaking, it happens the following Passover. because the Jew is not in Jerusalem until Passover when he's there anyway for the Aliyah Leregel. So Passover of the fourth year is when he makes the declaration because all of the obligations of the third year have been fully discharged. Passover of the seventh year is when he makes the declaration for the earlier three years of years four, five, and six. That's what we're about to learn. So again, Paragraph 2, we do not make this declaration only following the year of a master on a year, of a poor man's tithe year. What is that? Following years 3 and 6. As it says, when you will complete your tithing. While Marta, you will declare before Hashem your God, I 
God Almighty, have removed all of my holy obligations from my house. There's nothing left in my safe. There's no money of redemption money in my safe. There's no produce in the freezer. It's all been taken care of. You know, in contemporary terms, so many people make pledges, they make pledges, they make pledges. Like the, the guy, the president of the synagogue in New York called 911. He says, help, we've been robbed. The police come. 87 of them, because it's a religious crime. They say, what well, was stolen? Uh, cash. He says, no. Checks, no. Securities, no. Stocks, bonds, no. What was stolen? Pledges. They stole all the pledges. So people make pledges, but they forget to pay them. This is a reminder, you have to pay your pledges. So he makes the declaration that I have removed anything sacred from my house. When exactly is this declaration made? So if you want to get precise, it's B'mincha, it's in the afternoon service, of the last day of Pesach, during the time of the Beis HaMikdash. The last day of Pesach was the seventh day of Pesach. They didn't have an eighth day. Shal of the fourth year, Vishal and of the seventh year. Why? Because up to then, you could still be dealing with your obligations. Shanem, as it says, you know, the harvest season first finished, and then uh, stuff is harvested in the winter, and then you got you need time. It's when you came to Jerusalem for that Pesach, you made sure you consumed all your Jerusalem gifts, your Meiser Sheni and your Neterevai and so on. Shanem, as it says, Kishal when you will finish tithing, Baregel, this refers to the festival, Shakol HaMaisris Kolembe, when all of the tithing is over. And it's only when Pesach arrives in the fourth year that you've really completed that whole cycle of the third year. Whether you're talking about fruit trees, or you're talking about vegetables or grains growing from the ground. This declaration must be made during daylight. As long as it's light outside, all day. This removal of holy objects and declaration must be made. The obligation is there. Whether there is a Beis HaMikdash or there is not a Beis HaMikdash. And here we have a note, <coughs> the commentaries explain the famous Ravid disagrees with the Rambam, and the Ravid says that this is only during the time that the Beis Amigdash stands, that Adbaz supports the Rambam, and so on, and so on, and so forth. Hey, Viduizeh, this declaration, Neymar, could be said, Bechaloshin, in any language. So if you're familiar, if the farmer is familiar with the Hebrew, he says it in Hebrew. If he only speaks uh, Persian, then he says it in Persian. Yiddish. Shenem, as he says, as it says, we are martyr You shall declare the choloshin shato It has to be in any language which you use, which you declare. Every person should say this individually. It's not a communal thing. 
It's not a davening, it's a declaration. However, if a group wants to verbalize it word by word together, why not? It's a big mitzvah to do it in the base of Migdash. Nevertheless, if for some reason he did it in any other place, Yatsa, he fulfills his obligation, although better in the base of Migdash. Now, what has to be done in order to be able to do this? He may not make this declaration until he is done, done, done. Paying, dispersing, distributing all of his gifts. Because that's part of the verbiage of the declaration. This is a quote from the Chumash. I have removed all the sacred from my house, etc. When did this happen? If somebody still had a little bit left, he had to discharge it. When? The day before the seventh of Pesach. The intermediate days of Pesach. And on the seventh day is the day of the declaration. So, how does he do it? What is the process? Very simple. If he has any truma left, if he has any trumas meiser left, those are gifts that belong to the Kohen. You got to deliver it and give it to the Kohen. Meiser, if he has any first tithe left, that's a gift for the Levi. He gives it to the Levi. Maiser only if he has any poor man's tie left. Naiselanim he gives it to the poor. And we learned the detailed laws of Truma. We learned the detailed laws of Maiser. We learned the detailed laws of tithes for the poor. Nishiro Shani. Shalvadai, what if he's left with second tithe produce of certain Second tithe, we learned earlier that when an unlearned person claims he tithe, he's not necessarily credible. So this is called demai. We're not talking about demai here. We're talking about certain. A notarevaya, or he has fourth year produce. A mos or he has not produce, but he has the money which was used for redemption. Now he has to consume it. Now, there are certain choices we have. Remember, it's the ninth inning in baseball language. It's two outs. Bases are loaded. Full count. That's pretty good, and I'm a sports moron. And you have to remove all the holy stuff. What if you still have tons of my Sashani stuff that you didn't get to use? If you can't consume it, you have to burn it. Better to consume it. She'ene yoch, where are we? Omashlech uh, layom, the end of eight. He casts it into the sea. We learned that that's one way of getting rid of stuff. I say therefore he burns it. Better yet to eat it. What if he has second tithe of uncertain produce, demai, domai, 
That's already a rabbinic experience. That's not what we're talking about. He's not obligated to get rid of it. It's not included in this declaration. Nishar etzlei bikurim. What if he has bikurim? First fruits, which is a whole different set of laws, which we did not yet study. Guess what's coming up next? The laws of bikurim. That's the next set of laws we're going to learn. They have to be gotten rid of. Wait a minute. When do we say we have to burn it and get rid of it? If he has produce which he cannot consume before the seventh day of Pesach begins, there's just too much. Avalim Nishar. However, if he has left over Tafshil cooked food, Shamaisa Shani of the second tithe, Venetaravoy in the fourth year, Ainatzorich Levare. This is an interesting law. Once the food is cooked, he doesn't even have to get rid of it. You know why? Because cooked food doesn't have too much longevity. Sooner or later, the cooked food will be spoiled. So the fact that it has another hour or two or three hours, remember there was no refrigeration. A day, it, it's already gone. Interesting. Fascinating law. Shahatafshil kimbavoyer. Once it's cooked, it's as if it's gone. The chain and so also... Regular wine could stay forever. Or could stay for a very long time. But once you have wine that's been spiced, and obviously their spiced wine, as soon as you spice the wine, it puts a time limit to the longevity of how long the wine could be there. And it doesn't have too long anyway. It's gone. Yud, what about Petus produce? That never got to the term of Maestas. We learned earlier, what is that term? One third ripe. Produce that's less than one third ripe at this moment of moments before the seventh day of Pesach kicks in. Is not obligated to make the vidui because the obligation has not yet kicked in. The einoichai of levaram is not obligated to get rid of them because the obligation has not yet kicked in. Yudalef misha yupeidei What if he's got a problem? He's in Jerusalem. His fruits are in Tel Aviv. His produce is in Tel Aviv. And he says, Oi, oi, oi. Vigia yem abir, and the time came where he has to get rid of everything because he has to make the declaration. What are you going to do? Hareza keira shem lamatonas. There is a way out. We learned this earlier. He can verbally designate the exact spot where the gift is, even though it's in a big bunch of produce. He can say, that which is in the northwest corner, <coughs> I designate as a second tithe. Or what have you. 
and he can cause the recipient, let's say the recipient is a Kohen, for Truma, or for Meiser, or Levi. There's a law that we, that, that we will learn, you know, sooner or later we will get to the laws of buying and selling, business law. Fascinating stuff. So we're learning laws of taking possession. And the Torah has very specific ways of transferring ownership. One of these ways is, when you can't physically move the object, is together with a sale of real estate. Because real estate could have other secondary stuff attached to it. Algav karka with land, or to someone who has who does the act of acquiring on behalf of that person. So his produce could be somewhere else. There are ways of affecting the transfer. He has removed it from his property. Exactly the details, he says, we will learn later in the laws of transferring property. But the general categories is either by being an attachment to real estate or by having someone else acquire it on their behalf, and that will enable him to make the verbal declaration the next day, the seventh day of Pesach at Mincha time in the Beis Hamikdash. Because the idea of placing movable objects on the real estate and making it as an attachment to the real estate is really something that just enhances and strengthens the legal authority. There's one method that cannot be used. Because there is one method of transferring ownership in Torah. It's called chalipin, exchange. I give you this, you give me this. Exchange is a problem for gifts of agricultural obligation. Because it looks like selling. Because an exchange looks very much like a sale. And tithing and gift offerings to Kohanim and other gifts. It says giving, not selling. Anything that looks like selling is a problem. How do we know that we can't make this declaration until one has removed all of the potential gifts from one's domain? As it says, the declaration has within its verbiage the words, I have removed anything sacred from the house. Hakedesh, the sacred. Zemaisersheni refers to the second tithe. Venetet and the fourth year produce. Hakori Kedesh, this is called holy. We learned earlier. Min habayis, from the house, Zuchala. That's the obligation of the dough offering. Chala, we have not yet learned its laws, which is from the house. That's the gift the Kohen receives from the house, whereas the other gifts are from the granary and so on. I gave it to the ladies in my tradition. This refers to the first tithe. Begam I've also given it. This alludes to the fact that there was another gift that preceded that. That's the first 2% gift to the coin, and the 10% of the 10% that the lady gives. 
As the verse of the declaration continues, to the stranger, the orphan, and the widow, this refers to Master Oni, the poor man's tithe, and any other poor man's gifts, such as the corners and that which was forgotten and the gleanings. Even though technically, these particular agricultural laws of forgetting a bundle and corners and stuff that drops is not technically included in this declaration. Ideally, the order of gift-giving must be followed. As it says, I have followed all of your instructions, all of your commandments, which you have commanded me. But if he gave the second tithe, which is that produce that he takes and brings to Jerusalem, before the first tithe, then the declaration becomes a problem because he's way out of order. What if his non-separated raw produce is consumed in a fire? He can't make the declaration. He didn't separate. He did not give them where they belonged. We learned earlier that when Ezra brought the return of the Jewish people to Israel at the very beginning of the Second Commonwealth. By and large, the Levim did not return with him. And to penalize and punish the Levim, Ezra removed the gift. I'm sorry. Yeah, removed the gift from the Levim as a penalty and gave it instead to the Kohanim. So the Kohen, who did return, Ezra himself was a Kohen, took the place of the Levi with regard to the first tithe. So during that time, they couldn't say the vidui, the declaration, because the declaration verbiage includes the gam nasatib la Levi, I've given it to the Levi. But because of Ezra's decree, he didn't give it to the Levi. So that means during the period of time that this decree was in place, certainly towards the beginning years of the second Beis Amigdash, the people could not make this declaration. What if somebody only has my Misvade, He can still make this declaration. Because the main dimension, the main fundamental, fundamental dimension of this declaration is my sir. Similarly speaking, if you only had Bikurim, Misvadi can make the declaration, Shanam, as it says, Biarti, I have removed what? Hakodesh the holy. Hakodesh Harishim, what is the first holy? As we're about to study in the next set of laws, what's the first gift a farmer gives? Even before Truma, Shehu Bikurim is the first fruits. That's why it's called the first fruits. What a coincidence. But if somebody only has Truma, they can't declare. Because Truma was not singled out for the declaration obligation. It's just included in everything else. As we wind down the last few paragraphs, 
Tesvav 15, part of the declaration is, I have not transgressed your instructions. What instructions could he have transgressed? Well, many. One of the instructions we learned over and over again is you can't tithe one species for the other. You can't pay the obligations of that which is still growing from the ground with that which has already been severed from the ground. You can't pay the obligations, vice versa, from that which has already been severed by giving that which is still growing. You can't take from the new crop for the obligations of the old crop. There's a fiscal year in crops. Not from the old crop, but from the new crop. And then the declaration says, I didn't forget. What didn't I forget? I didn't forget to give thanks to God. I didn't forget to say Baruch Hashem. I didn't forget to make the declaration. And this is such an important law. We have to wake up every single morning and say Baruch Hashem. Thank you, Hashem, for all your blessings. There's a cute kid's song that they composed years ago. It's a Moda'ani song. It says, uh, thank God for pizza and for creating swimming pools. Thank God for latkes and for pashkas and for snowstorms that keep us home from school. We have to thank God for every little thing. This is what the kids are thanking God for. We don't know too much in Southern California, at least not on the lowlands, about snow, snowstorms that keep you home from school. Pashkis was the first kosher candy company. Today there are uh, tens of kosher candy companies. I'm sorry. Uh, so we have to thank God. The next thing is the declaration. He says, I didn't eat of it when I was in a state of biblical mourning. But if he did eat it in a state of biblical mourning, which we learned earlier is first day of mourning, he can't make this declaration. If he did it while he's in a state of impurity, he also can't. Part of the declaration is I didn't use it for shrouds. I didn't make a coffin out of it. You can, my Sershani money can only be used for certain foods, drink, anointing oil, not for expenses of a funeral, even though a funeral is an emergency, and you've got to grab money from wherever you can. What if you're sitting with my Sershani money in Jerusalem, and you have to, God forbid, do a funeral? You can't use my Sershani money. If you did, it's a problem. You didn't give it to other mourners, biblical mourners. Then the declaration says, I hearkened, I listened to the voice of God, my God. What did you do? How did you listen? You brought it to the base of Migdash. You brought it to the Holy Temple. And finally it says, I did everything you commanded me to. What did you do? You just finished the list. What is this other statement? Very important. Says the farmer, I rejoiced with this, and I caused others to rejoice. When a Jew gives charity, he shouldn't be miserable. He has to celebrate. 
Meiser Sheni and Netaravoya means bringing money to Jerusalem, inviting friends and family to your hotel to partake from your sacrifice meats and from your food and from your wines and from your oils and etc. etc. You have to rejoice. A Jew has to celebrate Judaism. We have to celebrate charity giving. Shanaman as it says, Visamachta Bakalatev, you must rejoice. With all the good. It's not enough to say. It's not enough to do. not enough to give. It's not enough to do. You have to also smile, be happy, say thank you, and celebrate. And finally, we offer a prayer. Tezayin hashkifa. The farmer says to God Almighty, Gaze down. From your holy habitation in heaven. Or as I like to say, from your condominium in the sky. And bless your people Israel. And the land that you gave them. Ad, I just filled in the, the blank. Kasha nishbato as you swore to our forefathers. Eretz zovas cholov udvash. That you would give us a land filled with milk and money. I mean honey. What does this mean? A land filled with milk and honey. Zubakosha. This is a request that our produce should be top of the line produce. Should be, as we say here, Gelson's level produce. Not merely Ralph's. Zubakosha shiitin tam bapetis. This is the request that the produce should be top of the line. The best. And finally, because there is a declaration of our forefathers, the closing paragraph in chapter 11, which is the closing laws of the laws of the second tithe and the fourth year produce, who can say this declaration? Yisraelim people who are Israelites. Umam Zairim, even someone who does not have a clean lineage, but he's biblically considered an illegitimate child, for example, a child born out of incest or a child born out of adultery. No problem. These people are Jews and they have to give charity and they have to make the declaration and they have to thank God and they have to celebrate. Avobot legatim, someone who converts and becomes a Jew, which is beloved to God, the problem is he can't make the declaration about his forefathers because his forefathers were from Ireland. Maybe. Vavodim or slaves, Mishukharim, who have been liberated and have become full Jews. So the Rambam doesn't say what I said. The Rambam says because they were not granted an inheritance portion of the land. Because part of the declaration is So I'm going to correct myself. Why can't converts and people who were once slaves, even though they're liberated and full Jews today, make this declaration? Because we make a declaration about the land that was given to us. And the land, even though they can buy land and own land like anyone else, but it was not given to them. And what about a Kohen and a Levi? Misvadim, they can make this declaration. Even though you can argue, wait a minute, the Kohenim and the Levi were not given land either. 
And therefore they can make the declaration of the land that you gave us. The Rambam concludes this as he does every set of laws. Thank the compassionate God who grants assistance and enabled us to study this section of Torah.